For most families, the holiday season is filled with gatherings, presents, and good food. But in December of 2001, a New Hampshire family heard the news that no family wants to hear. Two days after Christmas, 50-year-old George Joden was found dead in his home in Auburn, New Hampshire. He was alone at his house with no leads as to what happened. This is the story of the murder of George Joden. You listen to Goncourt, New Hampshire, and my name is Kyle Dobry. This case is quite interesting to research, but also very frustrating, as there are so many dead ends. Typically, a murder in New Hampshire means that state police are involved in the investigation. But even with the advanced technology, this case still went cold. Senior Assistant Attorney General Ben Agati, who oversees a cold case unit, explains how a case lands on their list of unsolved murders and missing persons. Um. So uh, for a case to go cold, uh, it really has to have a time period of two years of no new tips, no new leads, and no new investigative avenues that can be pursued. Um, So that's going to take a while. That realistically, we have some cases that I think they've gone cold um, as soon as maybe four years. Uh, That's a rarity. The cold case unit started looking into George Jordan's death 10 years after that Christmas season, 2001. And 14 years later, they found the killer. Before we talk about who was found responsible, I want to tell you about who George Joden was. A photo of him in a local newspaper shows that George was a handsome man with a scruffy beard and long, slicked back hair. He looked like Tom Cruise in Top Gun, a very attractive man. He had a little space in his front teeth. He was a realtor who wore very fancy clothes almost all of the time. George was a very interesting man, and according to every article, he was a hit with women but he just never wanted to settle down. For work, George kept busy with a few jobs. He brought properties and flipped them to make a profit. He also owned a pawn shop and interacted with regulars who were looking to make some cash. Given that both of these jobs involved a lot of interaction with people, it's clear that he was an outgoing guy. But even though he was outgoing, he still kept to himself. He lived alone in his home in Auburn, New Hampshire.
Auburn is a rural town that has been seeing a population increase within the last 10 years. It is a beautiful mix between nature and human population. The leaves change into a magnificent sight. As the breeze swirls through the air, the smell of nature just takes over. The open lands are amazing, with no big cities and not too many cars driving through. The sweet sounds of the birds chirping and crickets in the background are what make Auburn what it is. Auburn is where George grew up and spent his life. George was involved in a lot of business with a lot of different people. So when he was tragically murdered in his home in Auburn, it raised a lot of questions for the police. The primary suspects were the people he worked with, since they were most connected with George. The two primary suspects in this case were guys by the name of Arthur Collins and Rick Karen. Collins did a lot of business with George, and Karen was a very close friend of George. But why would a business associate or close friend want to kill George Joden? Police, as they do in these cases, did a lot of background information about the victims, try to figure out, did he have any enemies, did he have any friends, and to put together a 24 to 48 hour background on him. The lead prosecutor of this case, Jeff Strelzen. Strelzen came into the picture in 2011. That's 10 years after the murder. In the case file, Arthur had originally passed polygraph tests and sat through interviews with investigators. But that didn't stop Strelzen from taking one more look. One of the people that they discovered who'd, who'd been in contact with the victim recently was, was a guy named Arthur Collins. At this point, Investigators had ruled out Rick Karen's involvement. Throughout the questioning of Arthur, the new investigators found many loose ends to his alibi. Strelzen said his timeline recapping the events of the night George's death simply just didn't add up. But in between that, there were interviews that were done, background that was done to try to figure out whether his alibi was true, and there were some inconsistencies that were noticed. Let me tell you a bit about George's connection to Arthur Collins. Arthur did a lot of work with George. He was a handyman who did small jobs. They were seemingly friends who spent some time together. Most importantly, they were together the night George was killed. Arthur is a middle-aged white man with a generic scruffy goatee, short bangs, and long hair in the back. He's overweight with dark hair. In photos, he just never really seems smiling. He has a sweaty glaze on his face at all times. Now, let's talk about the night of the murder. It was a cold night in Auburn and George Joden invited Arthur Collins over for some drinks. They went outside while the sun was still shining and shot some targets with pistols. 
The sound of the guns didn't alarm any neighbors, since there are thick woods around George's house. Remember how Strelzen mentioned the timeline not matching up? First, Arthur said he left after a few drinks. But after a few failed polygraph tests, Arthur told investigators what he really did. He, he, he then admitted that he killed George Schroeder. Eventually, more than a decade after the murder, Arthur said the two went back inside after shooting guns, had some drinks, and then George tried to make a sexual move. After that failed polygraph, Arthur admitted that he was so angry about this incident that he went back to George's home. George was passed out in bed, defenseless. Arthur Collins then shot George Shonen three times in the head. Killed in cold blood. Arthur then fled the scene with the fear that he would be caught. He hid the murder weapon under the tools of his car and eventually got the car demolished. Arthur stuck with this alibi for 15 years. After about 15 years, police refocused their attention on the case and realized the timeline just didn't make sense. So, Arthur eventually admitted to killing George. You might wonder, how did the neighbors not hear a single gunshot? George's home in Auburn was surrounded by woods with neighbors very far apart, as many are in that town. According to investigators, they had heard the original gunshots from the shooting targets outside, but didn't hear anything after that. After Arthur admitted to killing George in 2015, it was a shock to family and the investigators that had been looking for answers for 14 years. Remember, Arthur had passed interviews and polygraph tests back in 2001, but the polygraphs given years later led to the confession. Arthur told investigators three different times that he had killed George. As you can imagine, this case was covered heavily by New Hampshire media. In court, 
Arthur's defense team went with the guilty plea, but that's not what he wanted. Collins claimed that his defense team was not working with him, but since he confessed on three different occasions and had no evidence of him being innocent, the judge refused to set aside the guilty plea. After pleading guilty to second-degree murder in 2015, he was sentenced to 30 years in the Northern New Hampshire Correctional Facility. I tried to reach out to the prison warden, but never heard back. But we know that today, he remains behind bars in the same state where he led investigators on a chase for 14 years. Arthur will be eligible for parole in 2042. I imagine the Jonan family was very relieved when the police finally found the murderer after 14 long years. This case was very interesting to research. This cold case being solved shows the advances in technology to be able to solve it. Thank you to the New Hampshire Cold Case Unit for contributing information for this story. Music in this episode was provided by Blue Dot Sessions. Sound effects were provided by freesound.org. On the next episode of Gone Cold, New Hampshire, the disappearance of Maura Murray. The then 21-year-old went missing in 2004 and was never seen again. I'll tell you how many times, how many different times a day, different times a year, I have driven that back and forth personally to try to see how fast she could have possibly, or how slow she could have gone.